What's going on, everybody? Sean Ellis Rogers here, and this is the first episode of Two Pods, Four Walls. This is the American Love is Blind podcast, where I am going to watch the American version of Love is Blind from the very beginning, go back to season one, recap it all the way up to the beginning, and keep the party going as the new seasons come out later on. I am so excited about this show and I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a caveat right now. The first two episodes are going to be with me and the housewife collector, CJ. Um, this podcast was a, was initially supposed to be with the two of us, but it's going to be just me doing this show and CJ is going to continue to contribute to real reality realness. Um, we've had some schedule conflicts that have not allowed us to continue the podcast together but I am going to continue the podcast by myself and it's going to be a great time we're going to have some fun and it's going to be an amazing recap of the past three seasons and the next at least two that they have coming up because Love is Blind America has both they've been renewed for a season four and five which have already been filmed so we already know we're going to be getting at least five seasons and so I'm excited to share that journey with you. You know what I'm saying? These first two episodes are going to be me and CJ recapping the first episode. And it's going to be in two parts because we kind of got into why we wanted to do the podcast and all the things that we wanted to talk about on the first episode. And we kind of have like a kiki session about ourselves on the first episode. And then the second episode is our actual recap of the first episode. So, you know. I hope that you guys enjoy the show and get ready because after the first two episodes, it's just going to be me and it's going to be me watching the show and reacting to it live while I'm recording. So get ready, stay tuned, but enjoy the first two episodes that CJ and I did together and hopefully we'll be able to come back together and do some episodes together later on in the future. So get ready. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. This is Two Pods, Four Walls, a Love is Blind podcast where I and my lovely host, DJ, the housewife collector, we are going to be recapping Love is Blind all the way back from season one, episode one, but we're going to be talking about the show all along the way. CJ, how you doing, bro? I am doing, I could be doing better, but at the moment I am good. How about yourself? You know, kind of the same. Like I could be better. Like I could be less stressed than I am right now. But in a general sense, I'm feeling pretty good. Good. That's good. Shout, shout out to optimism. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, this is the very first episode of our show. Thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate yes. you giving me your time. Tell me about your experience with Love is Blind and why you agreed to do this show. I don't know. It's just like when I first saw it, when did it premiere? Way back in 2020. 
before everything was a mess. And I, <laughs> I saw this and I was like, so y'all actually got to get to know each other for what you're supposed to get to know each other for minus looking at each other. Like it's for me, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, I do have to say it is kind of sad that people are actually surprised by this idea. If I'm being honest, like find date part. I can be, I get that part can be like, oh my God, you know, I can't see this person. I actually have to get to know them. And I'm just like, that's what relationships were always meant to be about personality and, you know, thoughts and interests, not like, oh, this person's a sexy bitch. Now let's see if they got a sexy personality that I can tolerate for the rest of my life. And that's just the interesting about it. That's what really gets me hooked. That's what really made me want to do this. It's just interesting watching all of these stories. You know, oh, you know, I'm a single man, always looking for love. And then boom, you're proposing to somebody and you married, you meet in their family. And it's, it's just like, wow. It's a really... I find it really strange, but also very captivating at the same time. I agree with that. I think that it's, you know, the word that comes to mind for me is unconventional. Yes. And, you know, I'm somebody who truly believes in living that way. So the concept of this experiment is like highly attractive to me. Yet, however, the fact that this social experiment is like wrapped in a reality show add, adds layers to me that kind of contradict the validity of the experiment in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it also makes it more interesting to me because I know that the thought process of being on a reality show complicates how some people are going to move throughout this process. Yeah. But there was a point you made earlier that I really agree with about how you're not surprised that people are or like you're not surprised at the concept of this process right yeah i had a breakthrough the the other day when i was talking to somebody else and i kind of said something and then i thought about it after i said it and i was like that makes perfect sense because we were talking about dating apps and like how they've complicated you know dating culture and like the, Mm -hmm. the whole process of really getting to know people and i was like well if you think about it like a concept of a show like Love is Blind makes com- makes complete sense because that's basically what you're doing on these social media apps or, and on these dating apps. You're getting to know people blindly, whether you think, well, because I mean, <laughs> Catfish is like this, like yes. n- this astronomically famous show for a reason. So who knows if the person whose picture you're looking at is actually them. They just take away the display picture. There's always that small chance that even on Love is Blind, you can still be playing a character. Yeah. You can still just play it up for the cameras, be all like, oh my god, I'm so in love with you, I want to have babies with you, and blah, 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 blah. As soon as cameras go down, it's like, I'm done with you, I don't even know you, you a stupid bitch. Like, it makes me think about when, like, men go to prison, and, like, the way they talk to the girls, like, they're, like, the best thing since sliced bread, they, like, mm-hmm. like, like how people talk about jail and prison talk, and about how they're just the best men in the world when they're in prison, and then when they come out, they're just pieces of shit. Or, like, they go in straight, and they be coming out gay as hell. Y'all know how being listen, these men's prisons, chair. Listen, 
whether they admit it or not, honey. I, t- I, pff, I ain't even gonna go there. God bless all y'all. They be stuck in some dick. Of course, I'm not gonna deny that. That good, but but that could take us too far left, honey. And we can we can go back to a random tangent at the end of the show because I actually want them to reboot the Wire, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> but a big part of what got me hooked on this show was less about the social experiment itself because I would totally do it if I was single, but. Okay more so about how the fact that these people in this social experiment react to being on reality TV on top of this process. Like this is already like a a stressful, tense process. Like you like you like you have to find somebody to get engaged to in 10 days. Mm-hmm. The thought of that is already stressful. And then the thought of like, oh, I have to stand out and be comp- be compelling on reality television at at the same time it's like oh okay so now i have to do like now now we're really working here right Mm -hmm. so doing this podcast it made me want to go back and not only analyze the complexities of finding love in a social experiment like this but also how how the people who want who I'm trying to figure out how I'm wording this. Like, more so, like, I'm trying to figure out how being on reality television complicates an already difficult process that I believe could be a lot more successful if it wasn't wrapped in a reality show. You know what I mean? Like,. Like, I feel like this would be so much more successful outside of a reality show process. Yes. And then, even more complex for that, I was like, I feel like there's some really interesting and dynamic conversations that can happen between the two of us because you're like 20, 21, and Mm -hmm. I'm 30. You're 20 years old, and I'm 31. Mm -hmm. So I think that, like, the fact that we're at like two different places in our lives numerically i would love to see how those two perspectives kind of like come together when it comes to relationships and perspectives on relationships especially with this type of dynamic oh yeah there's gonna be a bunch of differences and i am excited to see how those two things work because i'm just realizing like now in like now that i'm like 30 31 it's it's like really hit me oh i'm like considered old now not old maybe i middle never age. realized i never realized i'm <laughs> middle aged now i well, never once you hit 40 you're, yeah once you hit 40 you are definitely middle aged because now you other a lot of things are on the table and i and I have no apprehension about getting older. Like, I love being older. I love being aware. I love being experienced and seasoned and all of those things that people say to try to avoid saying the word old. But I have no qualms about getting older. I just, like, as I'm getting older, I realize, like, you are really as young as you feel because I don't feel like I'm 31. Like, you know how when, like, when, when like we were, like, 16, 30 was, like, 50 to us yes 
Like we all thought 30 was like the old, well, I don't know if like people still at, still at your age think that 30 is like 60. But when I was growing up, people thought 30 was like old. You're 30? God, you're like dead. Yeah, especially really nowadays good. when you really think about it, it's like, oh, my birthday begins with a 198. Oh, and I'm over here like, I'm 20 years old. I was born in 2002. You're like, what the fuck? Yes. Yes. Or like a kid will be like, oh, I'm 15. I was born in 2007. I'm like, the fuck? Even I feel old. I feel too old to be around you. I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa. We need an adult here. Because I feel like this is just too sketch. <laughs> like, why, why, no, ma'am. No, where's your mother? Where's exactly. your mother? Because I, I, like, I just realized, like, I'm actually grown as fuck now. So I'm like, I was born in 1991. Oh. You were born in 2002. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean about how, like... like 11-year difference, but it just feels so much longer. Yes. Like, it see, like it's a decade, but it seems like... It, it literally is, when you think about it, that decade is an entire generation. A whole century. <laughs> what the, did, what, what, damn! <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. I, I just, at some point, I'm just gonna start projecting myself like Princess Kit... Katana from Mortal Kombat and just start saying that I'm 10,000 years old. Just be like, I'm 30 years young. I know. I don't like that. <laughs> that's just, that's like trying too hard. It's like you're fishing for a compliment. Tell me I'm pretty. Tell Some me I'm still young. I did that once back when I was in fifth grade. She was like, oh yeah, I'm 11 years young. And I'm like, the fuck? We're in fourth grade. What the fuck? <laughs> that's the type of shit I be talking about. See, that's <laughs> see, that's what I mean about people not embracing ages in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Mary, fifth grade acting as if she was already forty. Susan, you need to be worried about division. Like, what is going <laughs> on? What's ten plus ten, honey? Come on now. What is going on? Like, you need to be worried about what the capital of your state is. Literally, like, what's an exponent, honey? Like. Subject verb agreement. Something. <laughs> what 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 is a verb? What is an adverb? Jesus. But however, Susan is not the reason why we're here. Uh-uh. Before we walk into the episode, or before we walk into the news, because there's some things I want to talk about that's going on because season three is a hot fucking mess. But we're going back to season one right now. But there's some news that I want to talk about first. Okay. Would you do this experiment? You know, it's really funny now that I'm <laughs> now that we're talking about it. I actually applied for Did you? Online. I did back when I was jobless and bored and wanted to make some money. I applied Not for whatever exclusive the exclusive mm-hmm. on the first episode. Mm-hmm. Y'all he I think I applied for season this. five. And get I thought I unsubscribed from them. I open my phone sometimes. It's like Love is Blind is now casting. And I'm like, okay, which goddamn season? Seven? Six? Probably. Because they be filming two a year. I don't even know. Ten? Four and five are wrapped. They've already filmed. So So they're probably working on six and seven in real life. I was probably going to be on season six if they actually accepted me. Okay, I'm going to let that sink in. Your boy would have been on season six. Imagine doing this. That means they had to add a gay couple. They'd have to add a couple gay guys in there. 
Exactly. They and would, that's what, they would we have to gay guys on there. I'm sorry. We need gay couples. I want to see some guy on guy action. That's just me selfishly. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm being selfish right there with you because, and not, and let's be real. More than a few cis women love watching men fuck. Yes. Oh, it's hot. It is. Very hot and less noisy. Well, uh, at least the ones I watch because when I watch straight porn all I hear is the girl just howling and howling and I'm like bitch shut up and then when I'm watching gay porn it's like oh yeah fuck you know that stuff and they don't yeah. at least the ones I see they don't do it that much or do it mm-hmm. so it's so annoying it's actually watchable but straight porn I'm just like girl shut up and just there's two or three that creep in there but the ratio is completely different with a lot of straight porn it's literally just howling at the fucking moon and i'm like girl sis sis do what the other don't like it don't feel that good girl Mm -hmm. like he is not one of those like tiny i don't know how you call it when the when it's like a pussy but you can see a little bit of penis coming out of it And they be doing all that, and they be like, oh my god, yes. And I'm like, that thing isn't even a whole inch. I don't, listen, I don't understand. I I just, I don't. I'm not not getting with your man. Do you have experience with women? Not sexually, but my first relationship. I was about to say, you're a little guy. Uh-uh, not that. My first relationship was with my best friend who was a female back when I was straight. And it only lasted two months. She already knew I was going on to the gay side. And she, I think she's bisexual now or lesbian or something like that. But she still wanted to give it a try. And I, I was straight. Ooh, I was straight, honey. I was grabbing the boobs, grabbing the butt, making out, blowing titties out. Like, I was straight, straight. Wow. But then COVID, then you I was like, Ooh, I like dick. And then I switched over to the gay side April 2020. You were like, wait, hold on. It hold. took a whole pandemic to make me come out this closet, honey. It so took a wait. virus killing tens of millions of people to get me to come out this closet. Did you discover you were gay during COVID or did you accept you were gay during COVID? I fully accepted it. I knew I was gay because I'd be looking at these guys at school. And I was like, mm mm. If I was a whore and I had the confidence I did now, all the men in <laughs> my high school would have been fucked by me. Or I would have spread my legs that. open for them. I would have. That whole school would have been under my control had I had that. So apparently, you're, so apparently you're versatile. I want to say yes, but I also want to say no because here's my qualm. No, Talk your me. shit. Your show, me. show. Yes. So I considered myself a bottom because okay. I was, I have my ass is juicy, honey. I always knew that. I'd be one of those guys. I was like, I know it's juicy. You don't gotta tell me. So I let Word. people all they want. But it came to a point where every time the dick went in, I was like, Mm-mm-mm. I don't like that feeling. Because it'll go in and it just feels like a lot of pressure. It feels like I got to take a the fattest shit of my life. But then okay. as they slowly get into it and no matter how relaxed I am, this hole ain't opening up. It's tight. 
like mm-hmm. it's like balling up your fist and you can feel the nails just the nails digging into the hand that's how fucking tater gets so no matter it's it stays like that so when i but when i actually open up then i'm like oh okay and that didn't happen until like a month ago where i let this random married man fuck me at a hotel he bought us at la quinta honey and as we was as he was going at it in the la quinta bed he really taught me how to open up and he was like open up relax and that's when i was like oh my god what was supposed to feel it was mm-hmm. honey people be telling me i'd be going to hell i saw heaven i the clouds parted the ceiling burst open and i was like jesus is that you I, oh, holy shit I think that's the first time I could say I actually got the sh- my shit rocked by a man. I love that blissful. for you. It was blissful. I was like, uh, 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 wow, like on the floor, moaning and mm-hmm. groaning. And I left that hotel, that dusty ass hotel, just like, <laughs> whew. wow, that's and but now I prefer topping because I. It's like I'm a bottom, but I have the traits of a top. Like I love eating ass. I love making out. I love initiating it. And the feeling of just being inside somebody and giving them that pleasure and hearing that pleasure. I was like, yeah, this is my thing. Cause mm-mm. But then when they want to do it to me, I'm like, uh-uh. No. No, thank you. There was actually a time I I have farted a couple times on some of these bitches. <laughs> on some of these bitches. Some people Sometimes like that. Con- yeah, that condom came out with some skid marks. Oh Yeah. I don't know. Bless just taking it. Yeah, no, and a little bit of blood. Pretty sure I got maybe a hemorrhoid. My ass was not assing. This is y'all. Y'all were not doing things properly. It should never take all that. But I also don't douche. I don't know. The weird thing with me is I don't want like a because I've had an enema in there before. That was traumatizing. So I don't want to do. Yeah, that's what you I should be do. using. I do shower. I scrub a dub dub down there, but I don't douche. But yeah, but what? Is, go go ahead. But I don't know. It's like just the feeling of the dick inside me is just like so much pressure. I'm just like. The sex could be perfect, even, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, just finish, come inside me and pull out." I'm, I can't take it. Yeah, that sounds like a top to me. Yeah, like I'll bottom like if the dick is just right. If if it's like a four or five inch penis, I'll gladly take that. But if it's like a BBC, I'm gonna be like, "I'm a BBB right back and never show up." dead what do you consider a big dick like what is the size that's like too much for six, you? six seven inches i've had a seven inch in me and that was oh my god he ripped me open Ooh. like the second it went in i was like huh no 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 it felt like imagine a, a razor sharp steak knife just being rammed into your asshole that's what it felt like. That's uh-huh. the feeling I feel every time a dick goes inside me. Just a knife going in my hole, ripping me to shreds, blood coming out of me. That's how it feels. So that's why I'm like, no thanks. No. Okay. 
No, honey. See, you're making me feel really terrible about my life. Uh, how how is my <laughs> horror bottom story making you feel so terrible? Because me, like, here's the thing. I basically learned how big my dick was oh, no. by ordering a dildo, right? Uh-uh. Yeah, that's like, this is how this happened, right? So I ordered a dildo because I wanted to get more comfortable bottoming, right? Because like, <laughs> I enjoy it when I enjoy it, but I enjoy topping most of the time, right? Because mm-hmm. if the ass just ain't good, it, it just ain't good. Like, there's no way around that. But, so, I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, get to the shits, learn some tricks, do the things of the things, right? And so, I order it. It says it's, like, seven, seven and a half inches. I think it's seven inches, right? Yours? I get it. It gets to my house, and it's the exact same size as my dick, right? Oh, my God. That's how I learned how big my dick was. Because yeah, I've never I measured it. I've I've never. Well, I mean, you know. I didn't even know how big a fork was. I listen. I. But like, the closest that I've ever gotten was somebody told me that like a dollar bill or like money was like six inches, right? So I was like, well, my dick is longer than a dollar bill, so I guess I'm straight. Uh, but I never, like, thought anything past that. And that was, like, a fleeting thought one night when I was drunk and getting out of drag. Like, that was uh, a, that's a whole different story. Because I was finding tips in my pads, and I was like, oh, well, I wonder how big, oh, oh, okay, cool. So, why my dick was hard, I don't know, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> that was happening. But shout out to Tequila. Woo. So yeah, I got the dodo. I put it in there, like I like I like. So I compared and I was like, oh, it's the exact yeah, that's fly as fuck. So I so I so I so I took the picture with the dodo next to my dick and I was like, yo, samezies, we're you know riding with my twin in them. But anyway, my twin in them. Look at me, I'm cool and young and hip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. The way you describe being a top is like, I completely get that, except when it comes to bottoming for me. Like, I actually enjoy it, and I enjoy it a lot more now. Now, I now I understand why I've been told that I have such good dick. I get it now. Mm-hmm. I get it now. But, like, I actually enjoy it, but I prefer topping more just because I enjoy the domination of sex. And, yes. the, and like, the taking control of topping and, like, yes. the soliciting feelings and pulling emotions out of you. I enjoy that part of it. Right? Like, yes. It's just so captivating. Absolutely. I, like, I make these bitches fall in love with me. Like, I'll be in the middle of doing my thing. And then I'm just like, you know what? Let me just kiss them. Let me just make out with them. And my little, like, cute thing is when I'm making out with them, I'll peek one eye open just to see how they look. Mm-hmm. Because some of these cheeks be cheeking. Like, when you kiss somebody, how you notice? If they got big cheeks, their cheeks will get all puffy and shit. Aww. That is just, like, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just like, oh, it's so cute. And then they'll just be madly loved. Literally, I can't, I'm not even trying to sound arrogant or anything. But literally, mm-hmm. as I'm on the way out, they're like, damn, I really want to, like, go out with you. Like, you, like I want to date you. I want you. I'm like, mm, no. 
Like, no, you just want me to fuck you again. That's all. Yeah. Like, literally every time, it's the same thing. Oh, while we was doing our thing, I just wanted you. I want to be with you. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, I know. No, I see, that's, that's it. See, I see. That's why I'm glad like I'm married at this point because I'm like I really got tired of being told that I have toxic dick. I huh? really got tired of being told that because people would people have told me that I would fuck them and then but like I but like I would fuck them and it would make them want to tell me they love me, Man, and I'm like that like I. I was like, why can't you just say I have good dick? Why is it gotta be toxic? Yeah. Like, cause they're like, no, cause I can't fall in love with you about no dick and this and the third. And I was like, but I'm actually a good person too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually a great person as well who happens to have like pretty good dick, I hear. So why is that a problem? But like, go off, I guess. <laughs> but like, I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I guess. Good for y'all. Shout out yeah. to you. How is your sex life right now? Since you're the single one here. Are you single? Yes, unfortunately. I am literally... Why unfortunately? No, because my co-worker came in as a customer yesterday. And I was the, um, I'm a, I was the host. And mm -hmm. he had a whole baby. And I did not know this information. <laughs> and I was... And I always wear like my bracelets. I wear my dad's engagement ring on my ring finger it's not his engagement ring but it's like a thing that's like passed down or whatever i don't know but i wear it on my ring finger and i'm just like imagine if i just like had a kid and had a partner and this ring actually had meaning and mm -hmm. it was i was like like literally if if by some grace of god or whatever it money grew on trees and everything was suddenly possible or whatever I'd be like mm -hmm. a father of five kids. Like I, I want kids, and I, unfortunately, I'm still single. But I am talking to somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm. But my sex. Okay. Life, I haven't had sex in a month, and I'm pretty sure the literally the last guy I fucked was death. And I'm pretty death? sure he gave me the mono. Whoa. Yeah, that's why I've been kind of like low vibrations the past couple weeks. I was sick with the mono, honey. Girl, I, I did not realize people still get mono, girl. I they usually get it as kids. They get that shit as kids when all them kids are licking their fingers and touching everything that they see. Or when they being too fast in school. Because mm -hmm. I heard about girls getting mono in high school from being out here kissing boys and sucking dick. Yeah, but it's just weird how I got it like three weeks after I sucked a dick and let a skinny deaf penis inside my ass. Not a skinny deaf. Wait, 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 wait. Was he skinny or was the penis skinny? Both. Oh, well, there goes the exception to the rule because they be saying that the skinny boys be like always having the big dick, just like they say all black men are packing. And it's like, dick was <laughs> no, they're not. It was decent, but when I was sucking on it, I ain't never sucked no skinny penis in my life. So when I was sucking it, I was like, mm. Did your face go hollow? Think... I wanted to kill myself for me. Oh my god. Because uh... I wasn't even expecting sex. I He said that his parents were like at the hospital or whatever. For, I forgot why. But he just really needed some of that, you know, comfort and support. 
And I'm not stupid, okay? I've seen this shit play out on Netflix movies, on them cringy-ass rom-coms. I'm, deep down, I was like, this man just wants to fuck. He wants to, like, get a little cuteness. He wants to get a little sensual seduction. And... (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, okay, but if it's just, you know, me comforting him or being chill, that's fine, too. I'm not against that. And honestly, I thought that's mainly what he wanted. No, we he put on Duff on Netflix, flipped me over like a damn pancake, and put his dick in. And I was like, wow. Okay, we doing this. And then he ghosted me. Where was the consent in that? Like, were you, like, down for that? I, low-key, I was kind of down for getting fucked or whatever. Not for getting ghosted, okay. obviously. I have this address. Well, of course. I have his address, and this wasn't even a grinder day, honey. This was Tinder. He, uh, okay, so you're not he got one down of those and that we like got deep pop- with it. And then he goes. So you don't get dig down and then like pop up at people's houses, do you? No. I wanted to pop up and be like, "Why'd you ghost me, bitch?" But I was like, "No, CJ, that's toxic. We're not doing that. So we're just gonna mind our business and just make fun of him for being deaf because he's a bitch." Even though that's toxic too, Yikes. but like, like you don't just ghost someone who has your address. Like, I, I mean, can I wouldn't you. think you would do that. Yeah, like I have your address. I know your apartment complex. I know what floor you live on, and I know which door it is. So, are we really trying to play the game? I don't think so. But as Giselle Bryant says, anyways. Anti ways. Anti ways. So, we're trying to be cutie. We are trying to be cutie here. So, mind you, I, this is going to be the episode where I guess they just get get to know us. What 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 are you out here doing on the apps? Like like what are the apps like now? And mind you, tell the people what a difference between like a Tinder is versus a grinder, and is there a difference? Nowadays. Ooh, 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 T. Okay, so I'm gonna let the people know. Grinder, grinder. Mm-hmm. I do not want to see no tender ass bios on Grinder. I do not want to hear I love you <clears throat> walks on the beach. You know, I'm a dog owner. You know, I'm looking for something real. Girl, you are Dang. on this app to get dick down or have or to dick down somebody. You are not on this app to find your future husband. Because if you're using Grindr as your dating app, sis, you need to go to therapy. You need a reality check. Because I'm under the impression that an app called Grindr, you know, grinding, grind, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're there to fuck. Okay, I'm not there looking for my future husband. That's what Tinder is for. Tinder is hookups, but it can also be used to find the one and tinder is the app where you put the i like the long walks on the beach you know i got a golden retriever i'm super lovable i'll treat you like a king or whatever grinder it's i got a six inch penis i am six feet tall and i'm a top bottom verse i would do anything you want you can call me daddy that's the type of bio you need and let me know if you got the tests let me know if you clean let me see that clean bill of health and then we can go see. Are you condoms or are you no condoms? That's the information I want to see on Grindr. And at least a real face pic. I don't want to see no standard no pic because then I don't trust you. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. 
Ah, so so like what what is it about Tinder that distinguishes it as like having the dating potential versus it being just nothing but like a cuter grinder? Like what like like what like what makes it different? Well, the most blatantly obvious difference is that everyone on there is always looking for love. Like love, love. They'll be like looking for a prince, my prince charming. Or be like looking for that bad bitch straight, you know? But on Grinder, it's just talking about how tall they are, how big their dick is, if they clean, if they use condoms. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Tinder, you can tell who's in love or who's just trying to get a plug to sell some weed or <laughs> who's just trying to make Snapchat friends and Instagram friends. It'll be more like, Oh, not active on here much. Follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, uh, no. Grinder. Like, <laughs> here's my snap. Grinder is more, here's my snap for some dick pics. You know, don't send a dick pic first. Send a face pic and then a dick pic. And I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. And then you go there. And then it's done. Okay. Tinder See, actually gets you somewhere. I'm gagged. Because... The way y'all use apps now, I just, I don't, listen, I, the last time I was out here starting and bopping like that, uh-uh. listen, you know, I'm still young and hip. Not you know, I'm and still bopping. cool. Listen, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ask my eight-year-old, she'll think I'm a cool mom. Ooh, anyway. eight-year-old. Yes, God. She got second a whole grade. baby out here in these streets. Yes. Oh, man. I remember second grade. That shit sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was that kid. I was the teacher's pet kid. Like, ooh, Miss Teacher, he called me stupid. Get his ass in trouble. I believe that. I uh, believe that. Oh. I mean, listen, we've had personal... Co- conversations off of this and I don't know how far you you uh plan on going but like it makes it makes sense it makes sense teacher's pet turned rebellious adult yeah uh-huh. yeah typical disney story typical dig okay typical disney story mm-hmm. but when I was out here sotting and bopping and, you know, doing the thing, one, cruising was still a thing. And two, like, we were using shit like BGC, Downlink, Grinder was just kind of becoming a thing. But, like, it wasn't even a thing, like, when I met my husband. Like, it was not even a thing, like, for real then, right? Like, it kind of was, but it wasn't, like, what it is now. <laughs> like, so... I'm used to doing all type of other sh- like I like it's just it's so interesting that there's so much conversation that happens around the whole getting to the fucking part. Like y'all put so much effort into cruising now, it is so strange to me. How are you about casual sex? Oh, that's all I ever do, casual sex. It could be something Literally, a coworker can walk up to me and be like, "CJ, you want to like meet the bathroom?" And like, and be like, "Yeah," or like, "Hey, you after your shift, you want to like get a massage?" I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, sure." Like, hey. we, we can fuck if you want to fuck, as long as I am single and not committed, hunty. 
because once I am taken, that goes from casual sex to exclusive sex. But I'm also well, casual sex. If you want to fuck, let me know. Don't be like, oh, I like you. Just straight up tell me, I want that ass. I want to eat you out like groceries. I'll be like, okay, meet me back. Say less. Because there is, like for me, there was a point that I wanted to make. Um, When you were saying earlier about how you wanted to be in a relationship and be this and be that. And I'm like, listen, take your time. Take your time. And let me tell you why. I love my husband down, right? I love my husband to the ground. But however, I wish I would have met and or married him later in life. I met my husband at 19 years old. We were 19 when, when we met. We had our daughter at 23, got married at 25. Oh. And we're both 31 now, right? So for me, I spent my entire 20s with this man. Now I say all of this to say, right. And I say all of this to say that I have no regrets. I wouldn't change a thing if I could. But if I had the opportunity, I would have discovered myself a lot more because there would have been things that, there would have been obstacles that we probably wouldn't have had in our relationship had we both probably discovered ourselves more before we came together. And the reason why I say it like that is because I feel like we would have come together and still been together regardless. Boom. That's the type of thing I like. Yeah, like, I feel like the the people that we are now would have still come together and been together even if we didn't when we were 19. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's in my like it's in the years in my life like i've discovered like i'm somebody who could actively identify as polyamorous i'm somebody who's open to having multiple partners you know what i'm saying is that something that i'm actively pursuing as far as relationships no but however my husband and i are 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 in and it's like it's just the whole thing but I just feel like had I discovered that about myself earlier there wouldn't have been so many issues around like infidelity or mm-hmm. what or, or or what certain boundaries were or this that and the thing we could have restructured our relationship a long time ago and then just avoided a whole lot of issues that we overcame in our relationship now we have a proper uh, a proper understanding and for me it's more so like that's not a situation that he's into so if we were to ever break up then i would activate my polyamorous powers if you will but however i'm comfortable enough in my situation to not even want to look outside of it so it's not even something that i'm actually actively trying to pursue does that make sense? Yeah. However, the the discovery of that opened my mind up to a lot of different things when it came to how we navigate relationships. And I was like, oh, well, we could have avoided so many other issues had I just, like, taken some time to really get over my abandonment issues and open myself up to what I really want from a partner versus trying to have a partner fill the void of not having a dad around or, like, 
your mother abandoning you or like random shit like that mm -hmm. you know like i yes. feel like earlier in your 20s and like in your life people kind of look for people to complete them or to take them out of their traumas or to heal them from the shit that they've been through and it's like babe that's not how you should go about it mm -hmm. heal yourself first yes heal yourself first so that you can meet somebody at the 50 yard line with an equal 100%. Yes. Don't look for somebody to, to, to complete you. Look for somebody to supplement you. Mm -hmm. Compliment add you. Add to your Yes. Head. Add to it. Like, you shouldn't be looking for people to make you happy. You should be looking for people to add to the happiness that, that you already have and enjoy your happiness with you. You know what I'm saying? No good vibes only. Good vibes only. DVO. <laughs> You're funny. I do have to add yeah. to that point though the, about the healing. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, sorry. I don't know if you heard that. I just got a notification on my computer. I don't You're know if you good. Heard that. I heard it, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. But um, for me, I have had a lot of shit happen in my life, like mm -hmm. a lot. So I feel like. I will never be fully healed to be in a relationship. But at least with this man I'm currently talking to, it's like when he, when I see he texts me or he calls me immediately, gone. I just feel so much better and so much happier. So sometimes I'm like, it, it is better to be completely, you know, healed and at peace with yourself. But it is also good, I feel, to have that one person who can kind of balance it out. And if you are, Absolutely. like, feeding into, like, not being healed, they can ease you back into it. Like, don't go there and, or, you know, try to help you through it. Yeah, but like, I think have that when I... Yeah. Oh, sorry, but that's ahead. not the reason that they're dating you. They're not dating. As long as they're not dating you to heal you, they just help you get through the process and help you heal. That's the main focus that part like because I, I do right because I do think that your partner should be a checks and balances systems for you and if you are carrying trauma with you you know what I'm saying they shouldn't be the person who's supposed to heal you they're supposed to be the person that's to, that's supposed to support you facilitate that healing for yourself mm -hmm. right so it's like they kind of act like as the support system as the person that like holds you down through that process and walk with you through it. They're not supposed to be the person that, that's supposed to do it for you. That's more so what I'm saying when I say heal yourself. It's like, get to a point to where you actually are facing those things, working through it. Because sometimes you don't, like, who knows how long that, that, healing, pro that healing process is gonna take, right? Yeah. But you have to get to the point of- Exactly. But if you get to the point of actively wanting to work through those traumas, that's the step that you need to be able to take before you're in a relationship so that that person can only be the support system for you to keep going on that process. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you have to decide to heal for yourself. You, you can't decide to heal for a relationship. So I feel like if you make that decision before getting into a relationship, that person can only hold you down in that process, not necessarily facilitate it. Exactly. Now, speaking of all's well that ends well, in Love is Blind News, 
we've had some anniversaries come up because apparently both of the season one couples are still together. Spoiler alert. Love that. Love is Blind, Amber and Matt from season one and Lauren and Cameron are celebrating their four-year wedding anniversaries. Yes. So I love that we're starting this this podcast and we're going back and watching season one as they're celebrating this four-year wedding anniversary. That's lovely. Shout out to them. It's iconic because watching their, their journey all over again from the beginning, knowing that they're still together, it's just like, ugh, serotonin. It makes me so happy because I... At- as I was watching it, I was looking up these people, all asking them to be on my podcast, of course. But I was looking and I was like, wait, Lauren and Cameron are still together? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's everything. Wait, Barnett and Amber are still together? I was like, yo, that is everything. And that's why I sent you that DM and was like, why is there not a spinoff? That's when I posted that story, too, and was like, why is there not a spinoff of them just following these couples afterwards? Like, I love the little special that they do at the end of the season, but Mm -hmm. I want this to be a full-blown, like, teen mom spinoff. Like, follow these people. The couples that meet on reality TV and genuinely love each other, and they're, like, literally the perfect couples. Like, they actually stayed together. Nothing bad happened. There was no cheating. There was no iffy behavior. There was nothing shady. That isn't those two couples are nothing but pure love. Pure love, especially Lauren and Cameron. It's just like you can look at them and be like, oh, my heart's melted. It is so funny. Like, I just, it, it, it. It just makes me happy because, like, I watched this process and immediately was like, I totally would do this. I totally would do this. And to see, like, not only are couples still together, but a Black woman found, like, love off the bat. And then for her to be, like, the focus of the season, Walker, you know, was lovely for me. Like, I was like, oh, like, that's the process I'm trying to have. Like, it was... Mm -hmm. Now, I read an article on BuzzFeed, right? Mm-mm, not BuzzFeed. Guess, girl, you know, we we scour the internet for, you know, oh, the love is blind best. news around here. Yes. yes. Your hotline is blinging tonight, son. What is yes. going on? It's my Grubhub order. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, girl, it is the trade, honey. They are, they go yeah. the way, darling. I asked my brother to pick it up for me at the door. Thanks, bro. We appreciate you. Yes, we really do. But I remember you saying earlier that you actually applied for Love is Blind, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the subject of this article. The headline is, I went through the Love is Blind casting questionnaire, and it's a lot. I have a questionnaire. I just submitted a video of myself. You just submitted a video. And what happened after that process? Did did they get back to you? Did you do an interview? No, because how did I do it? I went, it, I went through it on the Netflix website, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And 
I was applying to multiple shows. I tried to get on the circle. I tried Love is Blind. I think I tried for Too Hot to Handle. But Work. none of them got through to me. But it did say to just film a video and tell us about yourself a minute long. I didn't have to answer like a whole list of questions or go through an interview. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Either Netflix don't know how to cast properly or they just gave us the wrong shit. Hmm. Not interesting. Because according to this article, it says, according to a casting call, the show is currently looking for single men and women who are brave, open-minded, and ready for a committed relationship in Charlotte, D.C., Tampa, and Detroit. Now, mind you, I'm from North Carolina, so if I see anybody from North that I know, oh, yeah, hey, y'all, go off, y'all. Y'all better be for real now. Don't be playing on these, on, on these damn people's show. Be fucking for real now. That part. So it says, it's worth noting here that the Love is Blind contestants I've spoken to about casting have said it's pretty rigorous. It seems like it's legitimate relationship questions, Deputy told me last season. It's not a random dating show where you're trying to go and hook up with people. It seemed more serious. Obviously, it's about marriage. Nancy from this season echoed these sentiments, telling me this week... Had I not even been casted at the end, just going through those questionnaires and interviews was really powerful for me because it helped me to better understand why I was doing this. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, wow. Perhaps it, sh- perhaps it should, therefore, be unsurprising that the initial questionnaire for casting is seventy-three questions long. What? Okay. A whole midterm, honey. A- a- an entire midterm. Mm-hmm. That is an chow. Look, I get the incentive for making the barrier for the application high. Mm-hmm. It, it'll probably deter morons like me who are probably just in it because they're bored on a Sunday. Literally. Okay. That being said, I suspect that filling out this questionnaire sincerely will be a lengthier endeavor than writing some college papers. Yes. So, the first 20 questions are admittedly pretty basic identity questions like your social media, your education, your occupation, your age, your ethnicity, etc. Question 21 is where things get spicy. And maybe that's why it's in capital letters. Upload a 15 second video and tell us why you're ready to find love in the pod. Oh, 15 seconds. What are you supposed to do in 15 seconds? Just be like, I'm lonely and I just want to find my dream king or whatever. Like, is, is like, what are you going to do in 15 seconds? Guess the reason why they want to do that, I'm thinking from an editing perspective, is because there's so many people that they have at the beginning of the season that they weasel down in those first 10 days that there's a lot of people that they're just running through in these runners, that they're having them do these quick sound bites. So they're trying to see if you can stand out in these runners where they're just flashing from date to date and person to person and just running through these people to see if you can actually stand out on camera. That's true, because it's like we said at the beginning, not only are they trying to find love, they need to not be Elisa Rinna. They need to be likable to the whole world. They need to not only gain the favor of the person that they are talking to on the other side of that wall, they also need to be pleasing enough for people to watch and not be like, cancel the damn show. Do not renew and do not pass go. That part. 
So it's a lot of stuff. I can imagine. Yeah. And so it says, after a place to submit a face and body pics. Oh, face and body pics. Okay. It says, re-reach the relationship history portion of the questionnaire. What was your last relationship? Do you want kids? Then randomly in the middle of all of this, what are your hobbies? Well, why are they asking for face and body pics if the whole point is personality? Exactly. Like, okay, what if I'm too fat? Am I not going to get cast? That part. If I'm too dark, too Hispanic or whatever, am I not going to get cast? If I look like, what? The whole thing is supposed to be personality. The question should be like, what's your personality like? Are you type A or whatever? Not send mm-hmm. a face and body pic. Uh-uh. We see and the next. And the next part is going to basically just secure my idea of why wrapping an wrapping a social experiment like this in a reality show is fucking up the entire vibe. Because it says the following section is for real deal breakers. General, religious, ethnic, or cultural, and smoking. But then they also straight up ask, what does your perfect match look like physically? Girl. What physical traits are you not attracted to? Girl. And then y'all want to make some of these people out to be the villain when they act, not even accidentally, when they match with somebody who's not their type. Right. No wonder why we see people like shake on the show. It's like, oh, emotionally it's there, but physically, uh-uh. That's how Ooh, Andrew, you got on. Mm-hmm. That motherfucking questionnaire. What is your ideal person look like? And when they match with somebody and it's not the ideal person, they're going to be like, mm. and then boom. Now what? The villain role. Guaranteed drama for the... Of the physical. Guaranteed guaranteed drama for the reality show mm-hmm. is automatically becoming less about the the experiment and more and more about the drama exactly the following section is undoubtedly the most intense and shall i dub it why love is blind it says why do you want to go on this show why do you think this experiment or what do you think is best about the experiment hell why is marriage important to you and why does and what does marriage mean to you are two separate questions that's it whoa why is marriage important to you and what does marriage mean to you are two separate questions on this questionnaire yeah that does that's not like what does marriage so you're asking mean? the same question twice yeah that's like there's no reason. Like, what does marriage mean to you? Like, uh, uh. The final stretch of the questionnaire is some more admin stuff about your TV appearances, but they do ask for three references and whether or not you're vaccinated. Take this from, take from this what you will. Um, They say, there's a portion on here, question 65. I consider myself straight, gay, bisexual, and other. If you check other in the question above, please please explain. Please list three personal references. First, last name, relationship, phone number, of course. And are you currently vaccinated? What do you think they're asking your references? Hmm. 
don't know, to be honest. All I hear is they're asking for all of this information that kind of takes away from the point of the show. Correct. Like That's religionist really... vaccinations. Do you smoke? Why are we asking all these questions when it's like you're they're sorting through people based on physicality and what they do. But the point of the show is to meet somebody blindly. You know, regardless of belief or opinion or what or whether they smoke or drink. I don't know. It's given a bunch of baloney to me. Well, to follow that up, there's an article posted by Evie that the headline says, Why Love is Blind represents everything wrong with how our society approaches love and marriage. Hmm. Okay. So, it says, there's an uncomfortable scene in season three of Love is Blind where Bartise is meeting his fiance Nancy's family for the first time. The, mm-hmm. the couple got engaged in the pods. They explained what the pods are and saw and only saw and met each other after they fell in love and agreed to get married. Nancy's brothers are grilling Bartise about his, uh, about his intentions and how he feels about their beloved sister. One of them asks if he would still love Nancy if she were to gain 300 pounds during their marriage. Bartise hesitates awkwardly and fumbles around with his answer and adds that he would hopefully encourage both of them to exercise together if yeah. he felt like she was going down that road. Sick bastard. It clearly wasn't a it clearly wasn't a satisfactory answer for her brothers. You can't help but cringe and look away from the TV due to the secondhand embarrassment. Literally what I did. This interaction points to the core of Love is Blind that represents why our society gets love and marriage so wrong. The show is built on the false premise that you can successfully separate the physical from the mental and the emotional. Okay. We'll unpack this more in detail below, but it's just one of many ways that the show misrepresents love and marriage. I know the experiment is meant to counter the shallow, superficial foundation upon most reality TV dating shows are built, but the long-term marriage rate for couples who did get hitched is under 7%. Although it may be entertaining to watch, there are many things the show does get wrong about love, perfectly representing everything our society gets wrong about marriage. Now, to that point, ain't the average rate of divorce in America already 50%? I think so. It's definitely very high. Okay. Just asking. So, it says, the physical is inseparable from the mental and emotional. I don't... Okay. Dating shows like The Bachelor admittedly focus on the shallow parts of dating, like how someone looks at the sexual chemistry you have with them. Love is Blind attempts to take things deeper and help people fall in love with the per- with who the person is rather than just their appearance. However, the premise of the show highlights something our modern society has tried to teach us for a while now, that your physical appearance is separate from your mental and emotional health. And in many cares... And in many cases, your physical appearance actually has nothing to do whatsoever with your mental and emotional experiences. 
Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I think I saw something on like Instagram today that said that marriage, what was it? Marriages last longer because of the emotional connection rather than the physical. No, it wasn't mm. Instagram. It was fucking the first episode of Love is Blind. Nick mm. Lachey said, said that. Like, physical appearance has nothing to do with how attracted you are to a person. It's the bond. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. But at the same time, I I do think the physicality, the physical appearance does affect a little bit emotions and mentality. Because for me personally, I wouldn't want to marry somebody that looked ugly in my eyes. But mm-hmm. we have all of this emotional attachment. So then it just mm-hmm. kind of fucks you up. It's like, oh my God, I love this person. We have a great emotional connection. We are great together, but they just are not. Like when you look at them, I want to vomit. So it's, you. I don't know. But there have been some times where I would crush on somebody who definitely is not good looking. And I'm like, okay, maybe this people are talking about. This bitch clearly is not good looking, but something about him is captivating me. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to marry somebody, they should at least be attractive to you. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, you're just going to find yourself in a, a whole whirlwind of questions that are just tough. I just think that the whole, when it comes to this experiment, I feel like the whole love is blind thing is kind of an extremist statement, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, can love be blurry? Can love have cataracts? Sure. But do I think love is completely blind? No, because I do think that people want to be physically attracted to their partners. They want to be sexually attracted to their partners. And part of that is enjoying what they look at. Mm -hmm. That just is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think that the focus of the experiment is less of can can you separate the physical from the emotional and more so what can what can you restructure the ratio from yeah. focusing on the physical to focusing on the emotional and the chemistry connection right mm-hmm. and the article from ev magazine goes into deeper details and it talks more about different situations like that um we'll link it in the description of the episode but to the point of how it misrepresents love and relationships, there was an ar- there was an article that came out from People Magazine talking about how Cole Barnett is in therapy after season three. Really? Yeah. It's basically talking about how after, you know, Cole revealed that he's in therapy after his ex-fiance Zanab left him at the altar on the season three finale the 27-year-old reality star shared an update on what he's been doing since being on the Netflix series in a Q&A with his Instagram fans. He's been flipping houses, doing stuff. That's not why we're here. Barnett went into detail why he found therapy beneficial while replying to another fan's question. He said, the best, things I, the, the best thing I've gotten from therapy so far, honestly, is just how helpful it is to talk about the things that have impacted you or hurt you or were traumatizing. Okay, that seems pretty surface. 
it's not that there's something grand or it's not that there's some grand thing that you need to learn necessarily that there's a lot of things you can learn barnett noted but sometimes as a guy you just don't even talk about emotions and feelings you you never do and That's so true. just sitting with someone and talking about those things and and of itself is freeing and liberating Talk. I'm like Nini's meme right now. Okay. Girl, I'm dead. <laughs> so you I just I it it's it's an interesting thing because you know it makes me wonder like what all was the contribution to him going into this sunken place, if you will. Was it just her leaving him at the altar? Was it, you know, the whole cutie fiasco that happened at the reunion? Is it the reception from the fans? Do do spill. So I'll allege because nothing has been confirmed, but I have seen on the notable Housewives rumor mill, Bravo and Cocktails. No. That Mr. Cole and the stupid bitch named Bartise. So Bartise, if you hear this, you are a stupid bitch. You are a clown. Get the fuck out. And do not, do not step on Steve ever again. I follow Steve on Instagram. He's a sweetheart. He is so sweet and so whole. But anyways, not the point. I heard (laughs) Mr. Cole and the clown were only on the show to get into their bag, honey. And to, to get that fame. And that it was all staged. So when I hear all this talk of therapy and trauma and blah, 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 I'm sitting here looking at this white-faced bitch like, okay, and scene for the actress. I can totally believe that because, like I said, like, this whole experiment, I believe, can work outside of a reality show perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that people want to see... There was something that was said at one one of the seasons. I've watched them all in such in such succession. I can't re- re- remember when it was said, but somebody said at one point that this isn't a competition. Which one I had to one say that's yeah, not lovely. necessarily true. It mm-hmm. is a competition, and it's also listed in the competition section of Netflix as well. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's just that's them, not me. Talk to the Lachey's about that. But hello, but especially Jessica, but we'll get to her. Mm. Um, But it's interesting to me because do I feel like this experiment could work? Yes. But the fact that your length on the show depends on if you find somebody in the experiment automatically can lead somebody to faking the funk and putting on airs just to get just to make somebody fall in love with them or just make somebody get in, get get with them enough to get to the show. You know what I'm saying? Like Carlton. That one season star spot. Yeah, like Carlton, for example. We're going to get to him as well. <laughs> Poor Lily Mae, episode one, halfway through, gone. I just, ugh. Anyway. But I just feel like it's harder to take the experiment seriously when it's on reality TV. Because mm-hmm. now, when you base how long people survive in the experiment or in the show based on what they do in the experiment, it's like, oh, so like that's an easy setup for faking. 
I do have tea on that too about the people's length on the show. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Love Is Blind has been doing us real dirty because some of these unshown people, maybe even Lily May herself, have literally gotten engaged in the pods, whole ass proposed, but they they won't allow them to go on the honeymoon. Wow! Like we're missing out on probably like three couples at least a season. Perhaps maybe they just weren't interesting enough. I don't know. Maybe they weren't attractive enough. Yo no sé. But they didn't make the cut. Whole engaged couples, not even a honeymoon, not a wedding. And some of these contestants even be finding love immediately after they leave the show. So I'm over here like, now why aren't y'all showing the real deal? Why aren't y'all showing all the engaged couples? Like, and it makes me wonder know. how many of those people were black. Because... Oh, I Lauren, yeah, because Lauren from from season one has called out the show recently and has been talking about how they edit out all all of the black people and all oh. of this type of stuff. And I was like, as somebody who just watched all three seasons and is now doing a second podcast on Love Is Blind Brazil, I agree. I can definitely see that happening. No shade, like. What, like it just it's crazy because you know love love is blind Bra- brazil has has raised so many more questions for me about this show that i just somehow missed when it came to the american version but but recording for blind love abroad it was just so interesting watching this show because it made me have so many more questions about this experiment and about how this show works and i was just like yo this shit is in for real now speaking of faking and flogging you heard that SK was cheating oh my god I was shattered at first I saw something about it on Instagram but I was like that's probably Lisa Redden going off again because I only saw the text the whole mm-hmm. in 2019 blah blah blah, blah. So I'm like okay another bitchy ass housewife is going off mm-hmm. about something Lisa Ren is probably talking about Kathy Hilton from three years ago next Ooh. But then while I was taking a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> Work. At my favorite cafe I go to after work. I was at going. At cafe. Work. At our com- competition cafe, I guess, if you will. I was sitting there bored as hell because I love just sitting on the toilet, even when I'm not doing none. And okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. And I saw in 2019, blah, 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 blah. I read the caption, SK. I was scrolling and I was like, oh, oh, oh. Someone go check in on Raven. I'm over here taking the shit, but somebody needs to do it. Where's Raven? Right. And y'all was like, oh yeah, we're dating. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm not going to lie, that girl he was side chicken with was fine as fuck. That, she got the body. Okay. Oh. I was like, work, work it. Left, right, uh, drop it low. Woo. But, yeah. like, how SK, we were rooting for you. Everybody was rooting for you. Like, how dare you? you? I was rooting. I was on the peak of Mount Rushmore, like, SK, SK. Now, we all know what well, is not going to work out. I mean, sis is going to school. Raven ain't going to school. She over there in Texas or whatever. But, SK, like, it's like the TV villain versus the actual villain. Yes. SK is a sniper from the side, like Shady Miss Kenya Moore. 
that part. And I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, humbled the you whole got bag the, and a fine ass woman of color. Raven. You fucked up the bag. You fucked up the baddest bitch on the show. Like, come on, bro. Like, when A Rod broke up, he's settling for like slutty prostitute whores while she's back with Fleck and married. I know Bartiz is somewhere punching the air right now. He needs to be punching, I don't know, a pillow or something. Punching something at the circus because he fumbled everything. He a whole clown. I'm still pressed he was attacking her damn family, though. Talking about you fucked this shit up. It's you the one that said no. You fucked it all up and you lied on Nancy. Bye-bye.